And so now I'm looking for Walter White and, and I can't find him. I don't know where he is. I can't find, how does he operate on a day-to-day -day basis? What's his emotion? It's not coming to me. And then all of a sudden, someone talked about depression and it clicked. And I went, oh my God, that's it. I can't see it because he's depressed. Anybody tells you, words and ideas can change the world. Can we therefore conclude that humans are concerned more with having than being? Welcome to Unhinged, episode 60, recorded March 4th, 2018. Well, today uh, we have a special guest with us. Uh, on our last show, we talked all about um, Doug's Uncle Murray, uh, about what he's going through, what his methodology is uh, for stress relief and everything. And uh, today we actually have him on the show. Welcome, Murray. Well, thanks for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Well, it's great having you on again, since you were on, I think it might have been our show number 10. It was a pretty early show. I remember those days. That's, <laughs> that's way back. It is way back. It was one of our more, more popular shows, too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's nice. So um, we have some questions for you. So last last time you were on... Uh, you talked about, uh, or last time, uh, our last show, we actually talked about, uh, your, your methodology, your power of your belief system. Um, and it, it seemed so simple. Um, but can you explain to us in a nutshell what it is and how you use it? Well, when, if, if we're reviewing what we already said in the simple facts, the simple facts really are that your mental state, your mood, everybody's had a happy mood and a miserable mood. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that everybody who listens to it has had times when they felt great. Yep. They own those feelings. Those feelings are there. And when you change moods, you bring back positive feelings, and when you are in a negative mood, nothing but positive will come. Mm -hmm. And just to sum up some important things I think that were said, your conscious mind, nothing goes to your subconscious mind unless you consciously put it there. That means you consciously are deciding what to put there. Right. And if you're putting things there when you're in a negative mood, it doesn't work. The results are. But how did somebody get in a negative mood to start with? Why are they doing that? Why is that happening? Let's step back a little even further and say, how do we know we're in a negative mood? Because a lot of people can be in a negative mood so long 
that it becomes their their mood. And they don't even think of it as positive or negative. It's just their mood. They don't know where they are. But I'll give you a few tips. Try. You're talking about people who've been like that for a long time. They that's just right. they just figure that's normal, even though on the stress scale it's not, as we talked about also. Well, when people are in a negative mood so much more than they are in a positive mood, they don't stop when they're in a positive mood and say, Wow, that was a good day. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's very true, especially today's society. It's like if you had a headache in the morning and you say, Oh gee, I have a headache. And you your headache goes away. You don't even notice it goes away. But you about ten o'clock at night you got a headache. And all you can think about is, I've had a headache all day. We don't stop to notice the good stuff. Right. Yeah. Why is that? Too easy? Because we're in a negative mood. That's number one. But there are tips that tell us when we're in a negative mood. Okay. The word, like if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling miserable and somebody says to you, have a nice day. You'll say, I'll try. Hmm. And if you're in a good mood and somebody says, have a nice day, you say, I will. Hell yes. And this, yeah. and this is your subconscious listening. Because every time you say the word try, your subconscious is not going to do it. In other words, if you try to sleep at night, you stay awake. If you try to stay awake, watching a good television so you fall asleep. If you yeah. try to remember, you'll forget. And if you try to forget, you'll remember forever. Yeah. Very true. I said, I had lunch with uh, Hale Irwin going back in 1980s. And, uh, and he was playing at the Inverary Open. Yeah, he was a golfer, right? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And he, we had lunch and he said to me, he said, I'm down one stroke, but I'm going to try. Mm. And I said, you're going to try? I said, you can't try. If you try, you lose. Yeah. I said, trying is about what you're about to do is difficult. And every time we say that, if, if you turn around and ask somebody to bring you something and they'll say, I'll try, it's not coming. Yeah. It's automatic. Just even the word try. And he won that Open. He beat George Burns and Tom Stroke, uh, Kite by, by a stroke. But he understood because during when he's practicing, he doesn't try. He just does it, hits it, and it goes dull. Yeah. When all the cameras are up there, all of a sudden he's trying to remember what he's doing, that he got him there yesterday. Yeah. Did you talk to him afterwards to find out what he was saying to himself? He's uh, it's it's just a sign. We we don't stop and notice that, but if you're turning around and say, "I'm gonna, I'll try to do this," all of a sudden, stop. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, if you, I put a plank of wood on the floor, four, fifteen inches wide. And I said, could you walk along the plank if you put it between two tall buildings? <laughs> and I said the same thing to you. Be a little difficult. Your 
you'll fear that you'll fall, you'll believe you'll fall, and you'll fall. That's very true. I, I can I can vouch for that. Uh, you'll having try. A, a big fear of heights. That's that's something that I can just imagine putting a plank over uh, a long distance. I, I don't think I would even be able to do it. Well, you would be surprised if you were the only one around and there was a small child at the other end. You'd have just gone for it. That's uh, that's true. It changes yeah. the whole thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it's abilities we have. And it's what you want to put into it. And all you have to do to put into your abilities and to get there is, first of all, believe you can. Mm -hmm. That's very important. And the other thing is to push yourself, which is silly. I'm telling you to push yourself to do something that feels good. Can you imagine yeah. that you should be told that you should yeah. push yourself? Yeah. That's pretty stupid. Doesn't make sense. By the way, I can't get over Why is there a child on the end of a plank in the top of a building? <laughs> the I was going for your imagination from Dr. Seuss. Okay. Yeah, there you go. We'll make up the poem later. All right. <laughs> now, the question is, my question is, how do you deal? I mean, I understand the whole concept of this, but how do you deal with doubts and anxiety as they come up? I mean, um, it's, it's okay. 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 You, they, you deal with doubt and anxiety by changing your mood, mm -hmm. by doing something that changes your mood. I know it sounds, uh, well, I'm answering the same way, but, <laughs> You shouldn't be there. Now, if you could tell me that there's a reason to be there, I'll go and tell you how to get rid of the reason. Right. Now, that, the reason to be there, you know, it really doesn't matter what you believe and how you got to believe and make it happen. People, you can believe that by carrying a little yellow rock in your pocket, you're going to have a great day. Yeah. You know, there's so many, you can believe in the Lord and that's why you're going to have a great day every day. You can believe anything if it works for you. Yeah. So I'm not telling you how to believe. I'm saying if you play some music in the background or you laugh or you read a book or you just get you just laugh at yourself for allowing yourself to get upset. Mm -hmm. I find that works well. Well, and it's all of a sudden, and it's just funny. That's not me. And pretty soon the habit will form that it's you. Yeah. Let me tell you about habits. Okay. Uh, eating is a good habit. Okay. <laughs> If you're going to eat, first of all, do you enjoy food? Oh, yes. <laughs> a little too much. <laughs> uh, what would too much do? Well, I overeat all the time. Okay. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you eat quickly? Uh, yeah. I, I usually, if I'm, if I'm hungry, I'll I'll just plow through a an entire pizza before I even realize I finished the whole thing. Okay. 
Okay, all right. And would you say that that's a habit? I would say it has been a habit. Um, yes, just because uh, that's, quote unquote, the way I eat. <laughs> and, and it would be hard to break the habit. Yeah, I think so. I've been trying for years. Okay, there's that word. Oh, I said it. Oh, Look at that word. You got now, me. I'm going to tell you something, okay? This is very important that you understand this. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think you enjoy your food. Okay, that's my thought. Okay. And the reason I'm saying that is that you probably taste the first few bites. Mm -hmm. And that's all you really tasted. The rest is automatic. Right. Okay? Yeah, it's automatic whether you're hungry or not. Mm -hmm. And the reason that that happens is you're eating quickly. Yeah. And this is here's common sense for you. Well, for anybody, if you eat slowly, you taste the food mm -hmm. so much better. You taste every bite, and you're, you notice when you're satisfied and full. Because if you were to want to cancel something in your mind, it's how you feel about how much you ate. Yeah. You would feel much better if you were full and ate less. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and um, I would feel better about myself, too. I mean, just... When I overeat, when I do that and I, you know, binge or whatever, I feel terrible afterwards. I mean, I beat myself up over it. Now, getting back to habits, if you do that and you have to consciously decide you're going to do that because you're worth it and you're your best friend and it's good advice. If you decide to do that and you did that, let's say, 10 times. Mm -hmm. It's a whole new habit that's implanted and instilled in you mm -hmm. because you won't want to eat the other way. And the other thing that I'm telling you is that you really don't have to do it 10 times to start a habit. Yeah. It's like the, it's like the TV show. I could do that in three. <laughs> yeah. Name that tune. Yeah. No, that's interesting so, because... You, and you, you see how important the word try. Yes. Anything you're trying to change is not going to change. Right. In anybody's system. Yeah. I, if somebody says, I'm going to try to think positive, it's not working. Yeah. You have to say you are going to think positive. That's right. Or I used to be a warrior. I'm not anymore. Mm -hmm. I used to get so upset over things and notice... I'm not anymore because if you change your mood a few times, there are those good things to notice. And as soon as you pick up on them, that's where you're going. Yeah. And you were saying you, it's, it's unbelievable that you have to try to convince people to, uh, to do something that they enjoy or that that's good because, like you're saying, if I actually took this advice and, and said, instead of trying to eat less or trying to eat better, I'm just going to do it. 
and slow down when I eat, I'm going to savor every bite. I'm actually going to enjoy my meal more. So why am I doing it the wrong way? Why are you not doing it? Exactly. Yeah. Because it's an old (laughs) habit that you started one day way, way back. Yep. And you don't even know what started it. Mm Mm-hmm. That's how crazy habits are. Yeah, what was that, Doug? You think it was something negative? It was, you know, you ran to food as if you would run to a drug. It might have been. I mean, I I remember, I mean, I was always a a skinny kid when I was uh, all the way up till I was seven. When I turned eight years old, that was it. I ballooned up. I, I discovered, I guess, my love for food, um, but I don't know if it was uh, in response to something, um, that it made me feel good. So it was more of a, yeah, I guess almost like a drug, you know, you it's a rush. It's a rush. It's like, Oh, I, wait, I now enjoy this. Wait, wait till you have it while you're tasting it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a, it's a, it's a, well, I don't, I hate to use the word. It's a no brainer. <laughs> well, so it, it, it's chicken before the egg, though, right? You have to have the right mindset to change a habit, or it would be a lot easier. What, what, what kind of mindset? In other words, if you're stressed or you're negative, it would be harder to change the habit, correct? It's well, you, the, if you're going to try, it won't work. If you're just going to do it like we talked about, it's going to work beautifully. Mm-hmm. In other words, if he had a really bad day, and he's then he takes it out on food, which really is taking that's out on himself. That's when he's supposed to laugh. That's when he's going to spot. If he has a real bad day, and he consciously sits down at the table and consciously eats slowly, his day will change. So, it's you're putting the cart before the horse. Yeah. It's the horse before the cart. You're in control. Yeah. So the the tough part is making that conscious decision to do to go against what you your old habit is. Why is that tough? Well, I mean, for a lot of people, I think it is tough because the old habit is hard to to get rid of. I think if if I was there, okay. And I held a gun to your head. You could do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I think I could. Hey, not only you wouldn't even think about it, you would do it. Yeah. So I don't think it's difficult. Why would it be difficult to eat? Have you ever eaten? Maybe you haven't eaten slowly, but it's not difficult. Yeah. Pretend. <laughs> Pretend well, you're just like, uh, you know. Well, and that's, you that's kind of my point is the, the first few times you might have to pretend. You might have to. That's uh, okay. Yeah, exactly. And then eventually. But, taste, but you're going to taste it better. Yeah. In the outcome, you're still doing something different. Right. Yeah. You might turn around to yourself after a couple of bites and grab a couple quickly mm-hmm. as though you're eating quickly again. But you control every muscle in your body. Yeah. You can say no to that until you've eaten a couple of times slowly and noticing how each time your food's getting better and better. Yeah. And you know what the best feeling is? When you push a little bit away at the end. 
That's um, the feeling. That's and a you should look for that feeling. Yeah. Now, his wife's used to not having to wash his dishes. <laughs> he licks it clean. I do. Um, no, I and I, I totally I totally get that. And I'm gonna uh, I'm not gonna try. I am going to do this from now on. That's, yes. I, I I don't think you should use the word try ever again. I'll try not to. <laughs> okay. I I've never used it. No, seriously, that's that's actually a good in fact. If you do use the word try, you are gonna think about what we talked about. Yeah. And that's the best start. Well, yeah, you'll now notice, you'll notice that I have that, that flagged in my brain now. Whenever I'm about to say the word "try," I should rethink what I'm about to say. It's common sense. Yeah. So Vitis Garolitis. Do you remember that name? Tennis player. Yeah. He asked me how he could make his first serve go in more often. Mm -hmm. And I said to him, why do you have the second ball when you're talking? And well, he laughed, that. and that was enough. He didn't, he didn't play with the second ball anymore. Hmm. He believed the first one was going in. The habit. Simple. Yeah. He knew that Simple. he had a second try, quote unquote. Right. Well, he thought differently. He never thought that way. So there may be some things you need to correct uh, or work on, like not having the, because all tennis players always have the two. Right. For him, he right. changed it. He went. Uh, I'm a great, uh, well, I guess I sell this part is that no matter who it is, no matter what sport they're playing, their belief and their mood is what gets them through. Yeah. And I would say that even with a boxer, he has to box relaxed. Mm-hmm calm in his mind with only one subject going through it. And if you were to ask me what hypnosis is, hypnosis is what total concentration on only one given subject. Mm -hmm. You are in a state of hypnosis. And that means when you're watching a show and there's no other sounds and all of a sudden time just flies, or you're into a conversation that just zip. It's total concentration on one given subject. And we've focused in on those things in our past. People will remember uh, when certain big things happen, or we'll remember now Parkdale forever being where we were when we heard it. Right. Because we totally concentrated. It's a state of hypnosis. And when you're feeling good, and when you're at a three on that stress scale, you're going to remember everything that took place. Mm -hmm. That's why we remember funny jokes <laughs> and comedians and songs 
and things because we totally concentrated on it. Yeah. And it stays there forever. So when you're in a good mood, you can go back and see all that wonderful stuff. And when you're in a bad mood, you're going to go back and see the crap. Right. So we know enough that if we're taking crap, change your mood. Yeah. Go, go skip. So um, you t we, we talked before about stress. You mentioned stress. What happens, uh, how do you lower your own stress when you're in a typically stressful situation? Like, you know, we, we talked about uh, what you're going through right now. I mean, I would imagine there's some stress involved there. How do you, how do you deal with that? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't take it seriously. I'll tell you why. My entire life, I've kept my stress level very, very low. Mm-hmm. And I fed my body with terrible stuff, so they say. I didn't eat vegetables and fruits, and, and I smoked and, uh, and all that stuff. But the one thing I knew and believed, that because my stress level was low, I would, I would solve all those problems. Mm -hmm. Just like that, I believed I could solve them. I didn't think they were affecting me. My mother, my mother smoked her cigarettes while she was having me, not in the delivery room, but in the uh, setup room. And, and I don't think she ever stopped smoking. And she's 92. And my dad says, oh, taking away her cigarette would cause her more stress. Now, I didn't have stress. I didn't think the cigarette was going to get to me. Mm -hmm. Even though... I have diseases that were caused probably by the cigarette or how I ate and all this kind of stuff. And I have no symptoms for those diseases. They're there. They're in my body. Mm -hmm. And what I'm saying is how in the world can a man get to 80 years old eating like me? It's because my stress level is low. Yeah. And that's producing enough good hormones to counteract anything that's going on in my body. Now, I'm not telling somebody else to eat like me <laughs> or to smoke. I'm not telling them that. Right. Um, as a matter of fact, I, I was reading an article, uh, I think you sent it to me, Doug, about uh, uh, Sidney Poitier. Right. He's 92, 92, and he's always felt one of the most devastating states of mind is the absence of hope, mm. and that it's a condition that envelops a goodly number of people anywhere. And when you make a drama out of that condition, it's almost, there are no words for it. Words are not necessary. But he's living well. And I look at him and I say, oh, he ate well. There's no question. I'm 80. He ate well. He's 92 or 91. I said, I'll probably get to 91 if he makes 113. Because if you don't have stress, that's where you're going. Yeah. And I believe that because of how crazy I've been in my life, uh, I've proved that it's possible to live with a stress-free diet. Now, were you always 
uh, a low stress person or was that something you, you ultimately taught yourself? Oh, uh, my dad said to me, uh, when I, uh, he said one said to me, the only thing to fear is fear itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now that was uh, Ted Roosevelt. I don't know. Yeah. But I believed it. That's why I didn't stop. I stopped fear, really. Yeah. He said to me when I was 17, I was losing my hair. He said, the only way you're losing your hair is if you worry about losing your hair. <laughs> so I didn't worry. And I didn't lose my hair. Yeah. Well, chemo, that's another story. <laughs> so uh, I just, uh, and I bought that thing from, from Hans Selyer where he's putting out there what everybody's stress level should be, but never telling them how to fix it. Yeah. And you should, if you can. And I found out you can. There's no question about it. So how did I do? How did I do? They told me I had uh, I had uh, small cell lung cancer. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm still 80, so I'm pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and I have other diseases and now I have a new one. As a matter of fact, uh, the IPH, uh, if you notice my, uh, no, the IPF, if you notice my voice is different. A little bit. Yeah. 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 So there are good sides to everything because the, the seniors in my building think it's sexy. <laughs> So okay. there's always something good to look at. Yeah. When when I went, I, my daughter and I, we we went to chemo together. Mm-hmm. We had fun. Not only that, the people at chemo had fun. Yeah. I get. Why wouldn't you? You're you're not going to hurt as much if you're laughing or you're having fun. Right. So That's the way it is. So then what I'm taking away from this is that you're not actually really worried about the diseases you have. You're not stressing about it. No. Why would I worry? I believe that with my stress level that I'm winning. Yeah. And it's not something that I'm going to regret. Right. If I don't win, I'm not going to regret it anyway. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling great. Your lineage, your 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 lineage, your family has a pretty uh, long lifespan. You know, uh, uh, your mother, my grandmother, you know, died at ninety-two, and uh, uh, so if you would have eaten the fruits and vegetables along with the other stuff you were doing, do you feel that you would be at a different point now? Well, I don't know if I should say. I, I can't. I'm going to say something, but I don't think I mean it. <laughs> if I had eaten better, I would be healthier. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could say that, but I don't think that I could be healthier than I am now. Yeah, I feel absolutely healthy, and the reason I am is my stress level is low. So I'm not offering, I'm not, I'm not selling, telling you, you have to do this. I'm just saying, 
Uh, well, I'd probably say you're an asshole if you don't. <laughs> hey, well, what else would I say? How can you not follow those simple facts? There isn't one simple fact on that page that's going to hurt you right. or is bad for your health or anything else like that. How can you not? How can somebody say, oh, it won't work? Well, you might have fun trying it. <laughs> There's the word trying. Yeah. I threw it in. Well, as we mentioned in our last show, uh, a lot of your doctors are kind of looking at you like a some sort of medical marvel because they had expected you to no longer be with us by now. Yeah, yeah I think there's odds. Here. I think you can get them in Vegas. <laughs> hmm. But you you uh, you've survived what uh, the doctor said you probably shouldn't have, and that's kind of a testament to what you're saying. Oh sure. Yeah. Sure. And and you want to know something between you and me. Um, this is not going to sell because there are enough drug companies out there that need the business. Mm -hmm. There are doctors who need the business. I don't think that you're going to find the psychiatrist saying to the guy on Friday, hey, listen, it's schizophrenia. Go home, have a good weekend. You'll be fine on Monday. And if he did, that guy might be. Might be. Matter of fact, I just throw in placebo for a minute. Mm -hmm. Why hasn't the medical profession done something about the placebo effect? They're denying everything. And the placebo effect starts with your belief system. Exactly. Now, yeah. there are healers and and witchcraft and it's whatever people believe. Yeah. Just like keeping the rock I, in your pocket. It's just, exactly. But the medical profession will never ever believe that people can clear their stress level. No, they'd lose it money, a lot of money. Pay. So the difference between a psychiatrist and a psychologist, once you're a psychiatrist, uh, you're a businessman. I mean, once they give well, you the script pad, all yeah. of the, the game, it's a game changer. Yeah. 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 You're, you know, sure. It's like becoming a lawyer and then a judge. Right. Yeah. Well, it didn't take the drug companies, any brilliant guy to say, hey, you got to get them into this, you know, give them a percentage. Boom. Yeah. The business took off and everyone got sick. And nobody's Average getting better. Free. Which helps them and makes them more money. Yeah. Big pharma. I remember. And you should remember, the brain is a terrible thing, and it must be stopped in our <laughs> lifetime. <laughs> that was uh, I, I can't remember which that was. said that before I killed somebody. I think that was Bob Nelson, wasn't it? Oh, it could have been. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think it might have been him. That's yeah. Oh, that's I told it wrong. Okay. You'll have to put in a correction. That's okay. So I think I we get it. I don't see anything else that somebody could ask a question on. I think we've covered the entire brain and how to fix it. <laughs> I, I have a question for you, Murray. Uh, with your what seems very simple methodology, 
what, when did you actually, when and how did you come up with it? Like, uh, how did you uh, think of this in the first place? Hypnosis. Ah. Hypnosis really, uh, well, not really. I just wasn't, uh, I, I just didn't let things bother me. Yeah. I, I remember I, I had my, you met other people and, and, and listened to what they believed and you couldn't, you probably were shocking to you. No, I, when I, I had appendicitis. I had to go in and have my appendix taken out. My aunt told me they just squeeze you and it pops out. <laughs> I believed her. So then I was lying on the operating table and I told that to the nurse. And I listened to them walking away and they said, oh, this kid doesn't know what he's in for. <laughs> but nothing bothered me. So you were just naturally uh, a low stress person. And then with your. Uh, I just decided I wasn't going to get upset. Yeah. Yeah. After I had been upset for quite a while. Mm. I would say I probably 10, 12 years old, 13, 21 is really when I, when I moved towards the hypnosis and everything else. And did that start as a, like a stage act with your magic or was that the motivational speaking part or? No, I was a magic. I was in magic before that. Right. And the hypnosis was part of that act? No, I, I decided one day to be hypnotist. Here's what happened. My friend was uh, Ravine, great hypnotist. He passed away, may he rest in peace, but he said he was very good. He dressed up, he was professional. And I was in Halifax, I was doing a magic show for the seniors mm -hmm. in uh, that big place where the golf club is and not far from there. Where they have the championship courses, I forget the name. That's in Halifax uh, in Canada. In Canada, yeah. And, and I went to the uh, naval base with some people, and they had a hypnotist, and he was wearing a pair of jeans and a grubby vest and a beard. And he was selling my card magic in between his his uh, his show, mm -hmm. and. He, he had, I don't know, 10, uh, 10 people up, and he hypnotized four or five of them. And they were drunk, and you're not supposed to be able to do all that. So when I went the next night to do my, my magic show, they said, how long is your magic show? I said, I'm doing my hypnosis show tonight. And I got up, and for two hours I did hypnosis, and uh, it was the first time I did that. <laughs> I, I, they just believed everything I said. And uh, I just had fun. Nobody was pretty do brave, that. though, to, to just do that and not worry that it wouldn't get work and you'd get laughed off or <laughs> yeah. whatever. I, I remember in Montreal, I walked out to do the beginning of my show and I had to go back to get my doves. I forgot to load them. <laughs> It's hard to do that kind of thing, but I had a good time. That's great. <laughs> so, and I guess if you believe it strongly enough that you're performing this hypnosis and doing it, 
uh, that the people you're performing it on uh, believe it just as strongly. So it works. Yeah. To confidence. Oh, yeah. You've got to believe it first. Yeah. You bet. So, so a lot of people then now at this point are going to say, well, these are things I heard from my parents. They're ingrained in me. I mean, uh, you know, so many theories about you know things you heard at a certain age is going to stay in your subconscious and never leave. And, and so, like, what, what, where do you go from here? Okay, sir, you had a, you know, you were able to stay without stress, and great, good for you. For me, I can't do it. I've never been able to do it. Yeah, blah, okay. Blah, blah. okay, I want to go back. Here's what I want you to know, and this is it. Mm -hmm. There aren't any more. What ifs? Every single thing that answers every single question you may come up with, what ifs? They don't count. What ifs don't count. Everything is on those two pages. And at the end of those two pages, really, there's nothing more to say. Mm -hmm. It's all there. You have to take it or not. If you want to not believe it before you try it, so-called, <laughs> or if you're going to go into it not believing anything else, ask yourself why you don't believe it. There's no reason not to believe it. Yeah, It's common sense. It makes sense. And not only that, everybody that reads that will agree with everything I'm saying well, there isn't anything else you need. That's it. Go argue with I think, it. You I think you just need it. step one. You just need something to start. To you know, again, it's changing habits, I, and nobody can doubt anything that's on those pages. All all this has to do for you is to get you into a positive mood, and that's when you'll have all the answers to those so-called questions you had, Doug. Mm -hmm. In other words, you, all, all of this does is gets you in a good mood. The rest is up to you. And when you're in a good mood, that's where the answers are. If they're not, then there aren't any answers on that. That's it. It's simple. You do whatever you have to do to get in that mood. That's all. Well, and it might take a while to. Ah, it could take hours. Yeah. If you let it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you were going to say, no, nah, I would do it immediately. As a matter of fact, you don't even have to do it because you're both in that mood. There's nothing wrong with your mood. Your mood's perfect. So it's as easy as that. Tonight, Ed's going to have dinner and he's going to have it slower and he's going to push away some, some of the food. Right, if, he, if he wants to start, sure. It's up to him. Yeah. Well, I mean, all you uh, have to do, as a matter of fact, Ed, all you have to do about that is just make sure you're in a good mood when you're going to eat. Yeah. Well, I usually am in a good mood when I'm about to eat. <laughs> okay. Well, then enjoy it differently and much better. I I will. I absolutely I will. Okay. Man. And I I will think I, I, every time now. I will think about. I'm 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 planting the seed in my head right now. That it's every time, already, yeah. Well, me. exactly. I mean, subconsciously planted just from our conversation, but I'm, I, I'm purposely. I, I'm going planted. to reinforce what you just said, Ed. Mm -hmm. I'm going to reinforce it by telling you that right now, 
I'm going to hang up and eat slow shrimp. <laughs> you love and shrimp. enjoy it. And I want to thank you for having me on. I think we've made it clear on how to do some simple stuff that's going to make you feel better. Absolutely. We do. If people really listen to this and read those pages, yeah. there well, has to be some innate change going on in your brain, in your mind. So the step is just, just effing do it. Yeah. That's right. Because change your the habit, payoff believe it. Is, is proven. You've proved it. Yes. Nice to spend time with you guys. You too, Murray. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. You're welcome anytime. And okay, thank you for your wonderful insights. You are the best. You always have been. You always will be. Thank you. Well, I mean, there's not much more to say. Uh, I think Murray said it all. So I think I'm going to go grab a bite. <laughs> you going to shovel that shit in or what? I'm going to try. No, I'm not. <laughs> So what's the takeaway here? And just use it as far as how you're going to eat in this meal. No, the takeaway is you have bad habits. The easy way to get rid of those bad habits is by starting new ones to replace them. And sometimes maybe you, the first few times you got to fake, fake it, kind of power through it. Fake it to make it. You need to hold exactly. it's a rock in your pocket. Just any way to remind yourself to stop yep. and smell the roses and all that shit. Am I being my own best friend? Why am I eating? Am I eating to taste? Am I eating to, right. to, you know, hide my sadness? Am I, you know, uh, being your own best friend? Yeah. Yeah. And then just start creating the new habit, which ultimately, as Murray said, is, is better anyway. And you're probably going to enjoy it more. I'm going to enjoy food more if I eat it slowly and savor every bite. Because like you course, said before. Your taste buds are on your tongue. Exactly. Once it's past your tongue, then you're just, you, it, you then know, it's, it's pointless after that. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, you your body needs. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking once you're on your eighth slice. of the pizza, Exactly. You know? Exactly. So uh, it's funny because now I think I'm going to have Murray's face in my head every time I'm about to say something with the word try. And, and I think that's a good trigger for me to, you know, catch myself and think of Murray when he says, you know, when well, he tells that, us and that's not to what try. will work because yeah, no, nothing he says is, is anything more than common sense. Exactly. And the way people should live, the, yeah. the way things are now, it's harder to live that way, harder, whatever. You still have to do it. Right. So the, 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 why he's so special is because the way he can sell it. Yeah. The way he can deliver it. So if you have to think of him, whatever you have to do, you want to say the same, fine. But yeah. if you don't, you want to make good changes in your life. You and, know, and he's living right proof that rest is up to you. Just like yeah, I said, he's living proof that it really works. Uh, all right. Well, uh, we want to thank Murray again. Uh, it's always great to have him on the show. He's, he's a fascinating guy to talk to. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll see you guys in two weeks. Yeah, everybody, enjoy your meals. (laughs) Take care. That's our show for today. We want to thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Please follow us on Twitter at UnhingedPC and like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash unhingedpodcast. Also be sure to check out our website if you haven't done so already. It's at unhingedpodcast.com. We'll see you all next time. 